welcome to the Stoic Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Tim Holloway, and I am the Stoic Entrepreneur. This is the go-to podcast for Stoic thought with a holistic mindset. Be prepared to be challenged to the core. All right, first lesson. What Stoicism is not. We are going to talk about the nine common misconceptions of being stoic. Now, the start of uh, stoic life coaching begins with this, and that is dismantling the commonly held belief systems uh, concerning stoicism and concerning coaching. When we consider what something is, we also need to consider what something is not. So that's why we're going to focus today on what stoicism is not. Now, the way our mind works is it seeks to confirm what we already believe to be true. And so being able to challenge these uh, misconceptions in ourselves and challenge these misconceptions in others is really, really important. So when someone hears the word coach or someone hears the word stoic or stoicism, automatically there are ideas and thoughts that begin to gather into form and they've been compartmentalized inside of our mind and that data comes up as a, as a, our understanding of what the, the subject is. So often that needs to be challenged because this is not based upon any form of reality whatsoever. So you're going to have that challenge in both uh, uh, who you're coaching. They have the challenge with the idea of stoicism and having the challenge with the idea of what coaching really is. So establishing uh, these kind of definitions is really important moving forward. So number one, the first uh, common misconception is this, that it's a philosophy for outcasts who want to withdraw from society. I don't know about you, but I always correlated a a stoic and stoic thought into more of a Buddhist tradition and a monk and a hermit and stuff like that. And that they practice like um, seclusion and... uh, uh, self-denial and and really bringing themselves to not desire uh, anything like that. Now, I want to bust this misconception first because this just doesn't relate well to any of the uh, Stoic documents that we have and the encouragement and the wisdom and the inspiration does not lead us to really desire nothing. Uh, in fact, we are to desire happiness and fulfillment, but it is found in certain things. And so really understanding that, um, that it's not that mindset of really trying to squash every single desire that you have. Seneca wrote this, consult your friend on all things, especially on those things that uh, uh, respect for yourself. His counsel may be useful where your own self-love might impair your own judgment. Now, I want you to think about this, that it's really hard to consult your friends uh, when you don't have any, or it's really hard to consult your friends when you've taken a prolonged vow of silence and you don't speak, or uh, it's really hard to consult your friends when you went to the wilderness somewhere to live as a monk and a hermit and all these different things. So this real, uh, this counsel here or this wisdom uh, everything in stoicism is in correlation to real life and to uh, a normal life uh, because these principles don't uh, pan out inside of the wilderness, okay, or inside of uh, some sort of seclusion. Now, for someone to have like input inside of your life, they must be in your life. 
and that is but they must know you as you normally function and they must experience you in your normal uh, habitat in in normal everyday circumstances okay so this kind of vulnerability in counsel, it happens when there's trust and relationship and vulnerability and when people are open to feedback from other people. And all of this cannot take place, you know, inside of this uh, hermit monk uh, type philosophy. Number two is a philosophy that causes someone to become way too serious. Now, this is a very, very common misconception and probably one of the most popular ones out there. When you hear the word stoic, you, you, you come up with this idea of being a sourpuss or not having any fun. Uh, you immediately think about somebody who doesn't have a sense of humor or can enjoy life and all of these things. And so these things often come to mind. But listen to what the dictionary says. Dictionary says a stoic is uh, unresponsive to something that might normally excite an interest uh, emotion and a false belief that um, this is the false belief that stoics are overall just unresponsive and uninterested in things. Okay. The second one is the absence of any external sign of emotion in facial expression. Okay, this once again gives a false belief systems that that Stoics don't have any emotions on their face or don't display any uh, form of emotion whatsoever. And then lastly, is it is a temperament or a constitution that's hard to arouse. Right. I don't know about you, but I'm a Stoic and I'm a man and, a, you know, a, a, I can be aroused. OK. I don't know where we got this misconception that uh, uh, that Stoics uh, have problems getting aroused because that's just simply not the case. And the next one is a, a habitual uh, absence of interest, unresponsive or no curiosity whatsoever. And I don't find that to be the case also from myself and from the other Stoic men that I have encountered, that they're very curious and very open. And they're, I honestly think they're probably some of the most curious people on the planet. Okay, so let's bust that misconception right there. Marcus Aurelius wrote this. When you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive, to breathe, to think, to enjoy and to love. Now, these are all very action words, right? And they have this concept and mindset of engaging in life. He said to be grateful, be thankful that you're alive, breathe, that you can breathe and that you can think and that you can enjoy things and that you can love. Now, this whole mindset of being stoic is like withdrawing from these things is a is a weird mindset that uh, we definitely need to to bust. Now, if we carry out these five action things every day, like breathe deeply, live, enjoy, love and these things that this is where uh, fulfillment is found. And this is where purpose and intention is found. OK, so your future client and yourself, we need to arm ourselves with the same mindset that stoicism is not about uh, withdrawing from the world and withdrawing from normal human affection and all of these different things, but it's actually stepping into it and engaging it and being grateful and all of these different things. That is a mindset. 
uh, that is going to bring us the growth and expansion that we want. And that is the mindset that uh, that's going to bring the growth for your client. Are you looking to start a podcast? Check out Podcast Powertrain. We help alpha entrepreneurs establish dominant brands by building top-rated podcasts in 14 days or less. Check out podcastpowertrain.com. Number three is a person that lacks empathy and concern for others. Now, some uh, people view stoicism as kind of like a suck it up buttercup philosophy. And that is to say that no matter what comes into your life, that you must like bury and stuff your emotions. It doesn't matter if you've had childhood trauma or negative experiences, that you just suck it up and you don't talk about it and you push those things down and all of these different things, right? If you've lost your wife, oh well, suck it up. If you've lost your child, oh well, suck it up. You lost everything you own due to some no fault of your own due to some disaster, oh well, suck it up. And what this really, this concept really does is, is it ignores the, the actual pain and the suffering that we go through. And denying that is not going to help us in any way or fashion. Uh, pretending like we're not angry is not going to help us, okay? And so the same thing for your client is really understanding that, that it's not about pulling yourself up uh, by the bootstraps, if you will. So think about this. Epictetus wrote this. When you are offended at any man's fault, turn to yourself and study your own failings. Then you will forget your anger. So what is is encouraged here is a fostering of a very empathetic fashion. And that is I can have empathy for another person because I, I have my own struggles and I understand my own pain. So within that is really displaying this, this concept of, of, of empathy, right? Is actually uh, putting yourself in another person's shoes and filling their pain and understanding. And all of this cannot happen if you refuse to feel anything, okay? Or if you refuse to, to stuff it. Number four is a, a philosophy or a person who is cold and emotionless. So let's define this word cold real quick. Cold means marked by a lack of warmth, of normal human emotion, friendliness or compassion, right? And we already told us how Marcus Aurelius, the king of, uh, you know, stoicism, says to be grateful, to breathe deeply, to, to live life and to enjoy it and to love and all of these things, like show up as, as a man full of heart and compassion. And then we have this, this concept and idea that we're supposed to be cold and lack human emotion and not be uh, a warm uh, person. It's just uh, crazy misconceptions. The next one is an emotionless. Now, this is a person who's never disturbed by anything, uh, doesn't get uh, excited, and never displays any feelings. Okay, Marcus Aurelius wrote this, the happiness and the unhappiness of the rational social animal depends not on what he feels, but on what he does. Just as his virtue and vice consists not in feeling, but in doing. So what I want to point out here is that if the Stoics didn't want us to pursue happiness and to be happy, then why did they talk about it so much? 
I can uh, just break it down for you. Like so in each and every book inside of Stoicism, each time they use this word happy, uh, talking about eudaimonia, that is the peace, rest and contentment of the soul and what you really needed to do to fall in line and to get into that uh, alignment and to talk so much about that, yet say that we're supposed to be uh, unhappy and we're not uh, supposed to be content and satisfied and all these different things just kind of kind of baffles me. So having our emotions subject to logic is what stoicism and wisdom is all about. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't possess emotions. What it does mean is that we are in charge of it and that it is not in charge of us. Now, the reality is, is that feelings, they're fickle, right? And that is that they, they could, I could feel one way one minute and another way the next. And, and if I'm going to be swayed and governed by my feelings, then I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Okay. And same is true for your client is, is really getting out of, okay, it's okay to feel. What are you feeling? Okay. It's okay to, to, to feel like that and, all, and those sort of things. But to allow your feelings to really dictate to you and, and end up in very detrimental behavior, this is what leads to a lot of pain. And it's important that we understand that. Number five, a person who is fascinated with death. Marcus Aurelius wrote this. It's not death that a man should fear, but he should fear never beginning to live. I love that. This should be on bumper stickers everywhere, right? So the goal in the place uh, we want to be in is not to fear death. Um, and the reality is, is that this stoic journey is not a focal point on death. Our focal point is living life to the fullest, right? Becoming our best selves that we can be, showing up and like Marcus said, enjoying life, loving, living, breathing, and uh, really showing up in that fashion. Number six, a philosophy of conformism. Now, a conformist is a person who um, behaves in accordance with like the prevailing standards of, of customs and society and uh, uh, typically dislikes, you know, any form of unconventional uh, behavior. Uh, Marcus Aurelius said this, that the object of life is not to be on the side of the majority, but to escape finding them yourself in the ranks of the insane. <laughs> and that's a very funny quote, but it gets into the mind of what, what stoicism is all about is that we're not here to conform to the masses. Okay. And popular opinion will never lead us to the happiness and the fulfillment that we are looking for. You see the masses in society, they, they believe that all kinds of things will make them happy. And what it all correlates to is pleasure. If they can get more money, if they can get more sex, if they can get more this, that, and the other thing, then they'll finally be happy. And that's what the majority believes. Okay. Now, stoicism is something far different that we step out of the mindset of the majority and really understand what is going to bring us happiness. And I can guarantee you that it's not going to be very popular. Okay. Uh, stoicism is more of a rebellion against uh, normality than really a conformity to it. Number seven is this. People who are indifferent towards injustice. Now, I get this a lot by our social activists and, and people that are taking a stand for stuff and all this stuff. People uh, view stoicism as like a sit down and shut up philosophy where you should uh, um, just endure the pain that is being forced upon you. And uh, any form of activism is not uh, tolerated or encouraged. 
Now, there there seems to be a large focus on the endurance of uh, suffering and not trying to change the situation, right? Now, what we must understand is that there's real, there's no glory whatsoever in enduring a situation that you can easily change. And the Stoics talked about that repeatedly, that we look on the dichotomy of control and we understand what is within our power and we understand that it's what is not within our power. Now, to think that we shouldn't stand up and rise and control the things that are within our power is ludicrous. Okay, this is what we, empowers us. This is what we've been taught that is going to produce the radical change inside of our life is to begin to control the things we can control and begin to influence and sway the things that we can't. Now, inside of this philosophy is that if you can't control it and you have no power over it, then we shouldn't be spinning our wheels in frustration and stress and all these different things trying to change things that cannot be changed. So the misconception is, is that stoicism like leads to like this weak willed, uh, pitiful person that accepts whatever comes upon him. And that's just simply not the truth. And what we want to do is begin to draw people into efficacy, uh, that we begin to have them stand in their power. And so they thoroughly understand who they are and they begin to walk that out. This is not a powerless philosophy. This is a philosophy of personal efficacy and power. Okay. Now, justice. Justice is the cornerstone of Stoicism. Even decided to make it one of the four pillars, right? So to say that we're not supposed to be just and we're not supposed to rise up and change the things that we can and that we should stop fighting for justice and all these different things is just nuts to think that uh, that, that is any way connected to Stoicism whatsoever. Marcus said this, always follow these two rules. First, Act only what your reason and mind purposes for the good of humanity. And second, change your opinion if someone shows you that it's wrong. There's something tied to justice that I am going to act and behave in a way that is good for my family, that is good for my neighborhood, and is good for my community. And so rising up and feeling that power that I'm going to walk this out is really key to, to any uh, form of growth. Wisdom is for application. And so if this doesn't like sink down in us, these, these truths, and if we're not uh, helping our client really internalize the truth, um, then we're just doing mental masturbation and we're just like um, getting caught up in our mind with no application. And, and that's not any place we want to be. Now, if we can learn to be just and to have justice inside of our homes, then we can take that into our neighborhoods and in our community. But everything starts in our home. Okay. Now, this parable is true that you cannot change the world if you cannot change your sheets. Okay. And you cannot make a great life if you cannot make your bed. And the same is true is that everything that every truth, every character development is manifested at home, uh, in a marriage, and all of these different things so it can begin to grow and expand. Number eight is people who are passive on big matters. Now, the word passive means this. Four definitions I'm going to give you. The first one is to, to receive or to endure something without resistance. And that is that you are overly submissive. 
Number two is to be lacking in energy or will. And this really means to be lethargic. Number three is to tend not to take an active role or a dominant part. And this is, is definitely means to be uh, very passive. And the last one is to not be active and or operating. So all of these things, if we, if we take it and say, you know what, the uh, stoicism means to be passive. And what we're saying is that we should endure all things without any form of resistance. And we should just submit. Now, when it comes to nature and nature's process and living according to nature, uh, we should embrace that. And what that means is to embrace maturity, embrace old age, embrace wisdom, em embrace the situation or the lot in life that you are currently located that fate has brought. Okay. So there's this sense and idea that we should like submit to that and we should stop resisting and we should be submissive. So I get that. But what we're talking about here is that if we're going to take on the passive stance in all areas, then that means we're just gonna we're gonna, just gonna endure everything, and we're just gonna uh, stop resisting everything that comes our way, even though we can change it. That's crazy. That's craziness, and that's not what we're we're trying to uh, talk about here. Now, there are some things we should yield to without resistance. Yet this does not mean that we submit to all things. Now, the idea of being passive means doing nothing. And that is you look at your marriage and you do nothing. You look at your business and you do nothing. You look at your home, your community, your spiritual life, and you do nothing. And that's not going to lead us to any growth or expansion, okay? So Epictetus wrote this. This is one of the most powerful things uh, probably I've read from him. Give yourself fully to your endeavors. Decide to construct your character through excellent actions and determine, listen to this, and determine to pay the price for a worthy goal. The trials that you encounter will introduce you to your strengths. Now, you can't give yourself 100% to your endeavors and be passive at the same time. You can't be 100% all in committed to effort and to action and be passive. They just don't, they don't mix. They don't go together. Now we should stop trying to control the uncontrollable, but we should definitely begin to, uh, to begin to control the things that we can. Now the problem in all of this is when we focus all of our time and our energy on the uncontrollable. And while forsaking the things that are within our domain, that are within our power, okay? And this leads to a lot of stress. Number nine, common misconception is it is for tough guys. It's a misogynistic philosophy. Now, this is one of the most biggest uh, common misconceptions. And I think because, you know, the alpha dogs in the dominant men out there have embraced uh, stoicism in a very powerful way. And the champions that are pioneering the the stoic movement right now are, you know, they're rocking in business. They're, they're in good shape and all of these. They got to overall just really uh, uh, seems like a perfect life. But now this, that men are extremely successful and have a lot of charisma and they're the poster children for marketing, right? 
and we begin to lust after what they have in, and they've embraced Stoicism. So this is, I think, where we're getting these common misconceptions. But the reality is, is that like Stoicism is for all men. Not for only the the man's man, okay? Marcus Aurelius wrote this. Adorn yourself with simplicity. And with indifference toward the things that lie between virtue and vice, love mankind and follow God. Now, I want you to think about this. If Stoicism was a a misogynistic uh, philosophy, like why would uh, Marcus Aurelius tell us to really uh, put on simplicity and to be like a simple... um, you see, adorning yourself with simplicity, that, that moves away from uh, fake, fakery, okay? That moves away from doing things just for the show. Uh, moves away from the, the pride and the elation of the ego that comes through applause and all of those different things. Because uh, misogynistic philosophy is the inflation of the ego, okay? Now... Stoicism is, is, is grounded in, in humility and in simplicity. And simplicity is living in moderation and stop doing things for the show. All right, we are diving into lesson number two, and it is the need for Stoic Life Coaching. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Stoic Entrepreneur. My heart's desire is to take stoic principles and begin to apply them into each area of life and begin to teach others how to do so also. Do me a favor, share this with somebody who would benefit highly from this content, and I will see you soon.